if you have a connection with nature and you understand the life process, you realize the one thing about nature, you cannot shortchange nature. You can't beat her either. You can't beat her. She will win in the you end. You can't shortchange her. And if you piss her off, she will destroy you. Oh, yeah. It's that simple. Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again as gardener and plant Jedi Lauren Atkins joins us for a chat that will begin to turn your thumb green, including starting an indoor garden for less than $20, the importance of teaching youngsters respect of others, Manners, loyalty, and hey, son, look that man in the eye. Techno Bowl, food waste, and the glorious day when you learn how much better homegrown is than store-bought. Here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, Batten down the hatches and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Taoist Podcast begins now. Welcome to episode 155 of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Couple of shout outs before we get things going. Starting out with our surviving and enduring sponsor, onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com. The guys on it are awesome to us. They have been supporting us from the get-go. Um, they have amazing products. I mean, right now I'm stretched out thin, doing too many things, and I find that Alpha Brain, the powder form, the peels don't do it as much for me. The powder form works amazing for me. It kind of gives you the clarity and uh, how, the feeling of being awake like a fin without all the jittery stuff. So I absolutely love it. You guys can get a discount on a lot of their products at onnit.com forward slash Taoist. So that's good stuff. Whether you're into workout gear, clothing, special foods, supplements, they have it all. Also shout out to the sweet folk at grasslandbeef.com. These guys have amazing quality any kind of meats, basically, from uh, beef to bison to elk to duck to you name it, the whole range. So yes, if you are vegetarian, this is not the thing for you. But if you are not and you are likely to buy some kind of meat product from the grocery store, check these guys out because the quality is unreal and it's delivered straight to your door. So grasslandbeef.com. Of course, shout out to Blue Chew. They are not sponsoring this particular episode, but they are always awesome and we love them. So check them out in the episode notes for some serious improvement to everybody's sexual life, which, if anything, delivers world peace and happiness. That's probably it. Also shout out to snowroast.com. These guys make small batch coffee, super high quality. They give a discount to Drunken Taoist listeners, so you can use the code TAO and the number 18 for a discount, which is always sweet, since most of you guys drink coffee, you might as well buy it from somebody who supports us. 
Last couple of shoutouts, one to Short Design T-shirts, who has been making our awesome Drunken Taoist T-shirts from day one. Those guys are amazing and I love them. And NeverTapGear.com. Uh, in addition to making uh, knee braces for you guys if you work out and you want to protect your joints, they have also produced their ash guard created by Savannah, which is incredibly beautiful. It's about this uh, female samurai, Tomoe Godzen. Awesome, awesome stuff. And they are going to keep pumping out jujitsu-related products for the foreseeable future. There's more exciting stuff coming. Having said that, also, if you guys shop on Amazon, please use our Amazon link. It doesn't cost you any extra and it helps us a whole bunch. So if you can please do that, that would be very sweet. With that in mind, this episode is going to be a good one. This is a chat about some themes that I particularly care about. So without further ado, let's jump into it. We're going to try to do something a little, you know, like in a previous episode, we mentioned how we sometimes we get lost talking about things that we really have no power over, you know, politics in the great scheme of things and who's president and this party and that party. And ultimately, we don't really have any goddamn power on or any say so on any of that stuff. So I've resigned like, from all that. Yeah, so while we can bitch and moan about things and say, if only uh, they did this, it would be better, the reality is it's an exercise in futility because we are just wasting energy to some degree. And again, you know, there's something to be said about being aware of what's out there, but it's also important to focus on the things that you actually can control. So on that note, a topic that we were toying with very briefly in a previous episode was uh, bringing it back to basics. You know, things like relationship with the food you have, mm. the fact that, you know, the overwhelming majority of human beings, for the first time in history, really, have no part whatsoever in food production. You know, nobody, the number, because, I mean, Crazy. think about it. All of human history, people were either hunters and gatherers. Okay, then you have a direct role in food production. Or you are a farmer, you have a direct role in food production. Right. You have, you know, somebody was always connected with that, and usually it was the vast majority of people. Today is the first time in history where that's not the case, where especially in first world countries, you know, the more affluent you are, the least you have a connection with food production. Wow. And so we have our good man here, Mr. Lauren. You pronounce your last name Atkins? Atkins. Atkins? Atkins like the diet. Like the diet without, <laughs> without the title. Like I always have to say that just to, like, gotcha. because people always kind of think Atkins, but it's fine. Atkins, okay. Yeah. The, um, so our good man is a genius for multiple reasons. So tell me one thing. What do you think? Because, I mean, some people will listen to what I just said, and they'll be like, so what? I don't want to be knee-deep into growing tomatoes every right. other day. I kind of like that I pay somebody else to do all that shit, right. and I can focus on stuff that I enjoy doing more. And I get it. You know, mm. there is a rationale for that. But what do you think is the problem with that what do you think is uh, what is that we are missing out with the fact that what could be an area of concern with the fact that so many people are not in any way shape or form involved in food production 
it's the disconnect with nature. It's the straight up disconnection with nature to where you have no understanding of what it takes to actually produce food. You have no respect for the land. Mm -hmm. You have no respect for the immigrant that's picking your food so you can actually eat. And you actually are trying to get rid of the people that are picking your food. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening right now. Right. Madness. Madness. So basically, you not only want to not grow your own food, but you also want to kick out the people that are picking it for you. For $2 an hour. That's what that's where this madness, that's where this disconnect is coming in because they have no idea what it takes to produce it. Okay, that intrigues me because the one of the topics that you hit in a big way there, that's specific to food, but also on a it's mm-hmm. it's about even more than just food, mm-hmm. is this idea of interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. We're connected. The fact that, you know, most one of the diseases that humanity suffer from is losing sight of interconnectedness mm-hmm. and thinking that if I just carve my little island of happiness away from everything and everybody, then I can have it good. Mm-hmm. And the reality is it's not that simple because everything, you know, everything you get, like the whole idea of self-sufficient in that sense, where it's like, I stand on my own. Unless you make your own clothes, make your own food, make, you know, unless you have this like pioneer back, no, you're connected to everything else. And even if you are, by the way, the pioneer in the middle of nowhere, you are connected because you share the same air quality, the same water quality, the same, all of those other things that are beyond the boundaries of your property. And even those pioneers that are isolated and by themselves. They have support systems, Mm -hmm. be it human, be it animal, be it natural plant. They have a connected, energetic response Mm -hmm. with these animals, with these people, with this technology so that they can survive. They're not alone in any sense of the word. Um, I think where the major disconnection for me is, is that people keep forgetting that we're bioelectric beings. So bioelectricity means that I have a frequency response with you. I have a frequency response with him and we interact with each other. Mm -hmm. And that's how we create. That's how we are motivated or stimulated to do the things that we do. Right. If you stop growing your food and I stop having that inner connection with nature, I now don't understand. I may intellectually understand where my food comes from, but I don't really know. I don't really have that oh we need to not damage the earth we need to not use chemicals because two generations past me there's going to be no food because they've killed the soil oh wait i can't put in this xxl treaty pipeline because it runs through one of the biggest butterfly preserves in the world and if i kill this butterfly preserve these butterflies that have been flying back and forth for a hundred years are no longer going to have anywhere to sleep so they're all going to die let's just be realistic and then you have to also understand is the disconnect then also allows people that want to manipulate you into doing crazy things like destroying nature Mm -hmm. or let's put chemicals in all the food or let's pump all the oil out of the ground it gives you a disconnect to where things like that can happen right if you have a connection with nature and you understand the life process you realize the one thing about nature you cannot shortchange nature 
You can't beat her either. You can't beat her. She will win in the you end. You can't shortchange her. And if you piss her off, she will destroy you. Oh, yeah. It's that simple. So we have a choice. We have a choice to either get back in line with nature and start growing our own food and start doing the right things. And I'm not saying everybody has to become hippies and we right. all have to be granola. No. Let's just have some sensibility to it. To where like, okay, maybe you can't grow all your own food, but you do grow some indoor plants to help with air quality. Maybe you don't uh, rake your soil or blow your yard clean. Instead, you take all those leaves and you compost them and reincorporate them back into your yard the way it naturally would have been in the first place. Yeah, that tree doesn't mind getting its nutrients back. See, the reason that people do all this blowing, all this extra super manufacturing or uh, manicuring in the garden is because of the English garden. The English garden set that standard. Right. Everything has to be meticulous. The, there can't be one leaf on the ground. Yeah, and fuck all, the English garden. That's that, like the, the English that, garden is exactly. What I like is when you see an indigenous garden. Yeah. And you see how they have 19, 20 different varieties of plants all in one bed together. Yep. They have layered in animals. You see animals freely walking around through the garden, picking away your pests. I like in Africa they how they use the siafu ants, those ants that can just like eat through anything, army of ants. They use that as border protection around their garden, but don't get in the way of this. They, even the Africans don't get in the way of the siafu. They work their way around the ants. So, you know, it's, it's a give and take. We like to kill mice and rats and rodents. What do we use? Pesticides. But then what do all the coyotes, hawks and eagles and all of them eat? Rodents. So what's happening? We're killing them all off indirectly by killing their food source. Right. You don't understand that because you have a disconnect with nature. No, the whole entire web of life has been disregarded in a lot of... Right. We've broken the, 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 the cycle of life. That's what our problem well, is. And that theme to me is interesting. I mean, we're going to get into the specific how it applies to food, to soil, yes. to all of that. But I think like it's super interesting to me because what we have here... The theme of the lack of interconnectedness mm. is more than just about food alone or is more than just about a relationship with nature, even though, I mean, those are things that don't get any more important than that. Because if you are cut off from the illusion that you can be cut off from nature, the illusion that you can have the English garden in that fashion, that says something terrible about where we're at, which is also part of the reason why when you look at the kind of ecological catastrophe that we have been unleashing for past decades and decades, you can see where it comes from. It comes from that mindset, from that idea that we can be removed from the things that make nature nature. Now, but the thing that interests me is it goes even beyond that because it's the same theme on a social level, on a level that has nothing to do with food, soil, or even nature in that sense. On a social level, the lack of interconnectedness is the same thing that's at the roots of other modern diseases. Case in point, the epidemic of loneliness mm. that seems to be spread all over the place. Mm. How is that connected? Well, it's exactly because it's not connected. Because as human beings right now, we live in societies in which there's no connection to community. Mm. There's no connection to extended family. The whole idea of interconnectedness among humans is largely gone, and it's all about individualism and anonymity. And, and don't get me wrong, there's something good about that too, because there's something about you know, being in a community where you're pressured to follow some standards and you want to be your own person. I totally get it. So I'm not 
cheating on individualism. I think there's something awesome there's about it. There's plenty of room for freak flags. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but you need both yes. to find a good, healthy balance. Like in most good Taoist thinking, it's rarely all black or all white, right? It's a bit of a swing there between the two. And it seems we have tilted so far to one side mm. that, yeah, you have the freedom to do whatever you want because none of your neighbors are going to gossip about you and get back to your... Nobody knows anybody. But that turns into this insane degree of loneliness mm-hmm. that's killing and not metaphorical like literally killing a lot of people from killing so many depression, people suicide and that our um our life expectancy in america has decreased over the past mm-hmm. three years right mm-hmm. it is not from oh 2008 everybody lost their money and ran out and killed himself no the past three years with a pretty decent economy chugging along people are killing themselves yes. lack of human contact yes exactly. and so, i can't think of anything that would be better for somebody that's terribly depressed than grow a tiny little garden you want to talk about something that just they just energizes you in so many ways and to eat that first tomato that you helped it can fix so many things they just did a study that's basically saying that the actual act of putting your hands into the dirt the enzymes and the microbiome the microorganisms that are in the soil yep have anti-stress and anti-inflammatory properties to it. So just the act of gardening is yep. healing you. And I think part of the disconnect is thinking that we as humans can just function above nature. Mm-hmm. And that's the point that Daniele was making. Is like we've dis- we've not only pulled ourselves, we've not only broken the cycle of nature, yeah. we've taken ourselves out of it and put ourselves above it thinking that we're not a part of it and that we can do whatever we want independently of nature. No. Well, the Lord no. put the earth here for us just to have our way with it. I think where the disconnect can be, I would say, healed in a sense, is if people just like you said, get out and garden. Get out and do something to where you have to put your phone down. Like I have a thing oh. where sometimes when I go for a walk, I leave my phone at home deliberately because I don't want to have it with me. I don't want it on. Sometimes I even let my phone die on purpose. Like people are like, why'd you let your phone die? I said, because I don't need it. When I came out of that certain film we were talking about yesterday, the mm. scariest thing that faced me was waiting for my wife to come out of the bathroom, was the 17 people in this hallway with me, not a single one of them communicating with the others. Every single one of them. It looked like a Twilight Zone episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. More and more all the time. And these fuckers that do it while they drive? Yeah, that's that's attempted murder. I like to get in front of them and brake check them. That's attempted murder. No, yeah, that's terrible. That was... I've seen it before. We we went into a Starbucks kind of like 8.30 at night somewhere, you know, Century City-ish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 23 people in the Starbucks and the music's playing and nobody's talking. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think the scariest photo I've ever taken at a family function was a picture of my family after Thanksgiving dinner. And we have a causeway similar to the one in here. And I took a picture from up there down. And it's on an L-shaped couch. And I have six sisters and two brothers. And a bunch of family, nieces, nephews. Everybody in the family sitting on the L-shaped couch on the floor in a big arc. 
And every single one of them is on a device with their head down. What is that? And I was, I said, it's zombie apocalypse. It's like we've like already, you we've already lost. The, the, the real zombie apocalypse is these phones. Yeah. I knew it was really bad when I saw that. I, I don't know. is the Mall of America. And the lady's walking with her cell phone, and she just walks headfirst into the fountain. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, no, no break fall, no hands going down. I mean, she went shin water, right? (laughs) And I said, "Wow, there's this little tiny electric device has us so wrapped up." Yeah, because the thing is, that's a paradox too, because. The theory of that mm. is that that allows greater interconnectedness because you are connected with <laughs> more people than ever before. And there's an element there that is like, think about all the people you have met because of internet or mm. Facebook or whatever the hell. Drunk and Taoist. We run into each other because of a Facebook post. That's true. Right? Right. So it's like, so there's something to it where it's like, oh, there's potential there. But of course, it's like anything that, you know, if taken in this amount is yes. healthy and amazing, and then you take that amount and make it 45 times what it's supposed to be. And now it's toxic. And now it's toxic. And so it's like, it's and not spreading. a... spreading. Yeah, because we're, we're not saying... More people have cell phones than have toilets. Well, what was interesting to me is that when you see homeless people with cell phones... right. And I've seen homeless people with nicer cell phones than I have. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute, wait What's a minute. What's going on here? What is going on? You have an $800 phone, but you're homeless. But can't get to a shower <laughs> when you want one. And I think that seeing that dependency on the technology mm-hmm. is what worries me. Because unless you have an old school background and you were raised with hard work and respect of others and manners and loyalty and all of these different things. I like all those words. You know what I'm saying? I don't Me see too. them anymore. I, but not only do you not see them, you have no way to develop them. No. If you have no interaction with other people. I remember the first time I was about eight or nine years old and I was taught a lesson about respect and looking a man in his eyes. He, he, man pulled me aside because we had had an interaction down on the beach. We were little kids. We were eight. We were throwing rocks or something. I think we hit his RV or something. He comes over and I wasn't looking at him because I felt ashamed because I'd hit his RV with a rock. Yep. He said, look me in the eye. And then he told me a story about how he was in Brooklyn and he wasn't looking this man in the eye. And the guy just punched him in the face and knocked him out cold. Stuck with me for the rest of my life. Every time I talk to a man, woman, child, I look them dead in the eye. And what's funny to me is a lot of people don't do that anymore. They're looking at their phone. They'll be talking to you and looking at their phone. Of course. And I'm like, that is where the disconnect happens. Of course. And I mean, it's one of the things that is like, it's easy to say Yes. I mean, it's easy to identify the problem. Yes. It's way harder to fix it. Right. Especially when you have like 42,000 things that are happening right now that demand your attention. So it's like, it's totally, again, this is not a blame thing where Mm-mm. we're saying, oh, technology is evil or you're an asshole if you're doing it. We're I do all that complicit to, already. There's totally. no question. There's three cell phones at this table. Obviously. Right. Turned off right now. But Turned still, off. Yeah. But the, no. And in fact, I think what interests me is, I think we zeroed in on like a bunch of like what the issue is, right? Mm-hmm. The lack of interconnectedness on multiple levels, on a social mm-hmm. level, on lack of interconnectedness with nature. Speaking of which, there's an awesome lizard right against the window right there. 
Do you see it by the oh, oh, it just ran go. off into some that is so cool. Yeah, you yeah. got a lot of lizards out here. That was beautiful. But the um, you know, so that we get it, you know, that's where the problem is. And I think we all see it. And I think most people listening right now would be able to see some example in their life of that one, whether it's on a social level, whether it's about food, whether it's about nature, whether it's about one of those, right? And the fact that in a sense, healthy human life needs those elements. That's just where it's at. You need a relationship with nature. You need a relationship with the food you eat. You need a relationship with other human beings. Those are some of like the... If you are going to identify where are the problems, those are some of the big ones. There's, of course, many, many more, but those are some of the big ones. Ones that lead to the other problems in a lot of ways, too. I think nothing terrifies me more, though, is uh, say you're rolling through the target and there's a three-year-old in the cart with an iPad in his hand. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, we were talking about Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo right. Bowl was a problem in 1988 because it was fantastic and fun and awesome. But we didn't do it for nine hours. Yeah. Wait, wait. Here was the other thing. We would play Tecmo Bowl. Against each other in the room together. In the room together. Yes. And it's... then we'd get bored. Yep. Go, go outside, outside. Go play a game of tag. Go play a game of street football. Yep. Get all tired. Come back in. Play a little bit of Tecmo Bowl. And then go do something else. We had a varied activities. Yep. To where this now, they're taking this everywhere. Like I, I have literally seen babies completely snap out when because when the mom won't give them the phone, right? Like I'm like, wait a minute, shouldn't you want a bottle? Shouldn't you want something else other than the phone? Yeah, of course. I tell you what, we've had the internet go out in my house. This was more kind of four years ago when my kids were in high school. You'd have thought oxygen had been taken away from the house. Of course, of course. I mean, flip the fuck flip out. out. Mm-hmm. So let's look at solution time, which of course is way harder than yeah. <laughs> identify the problem time. So let's start with the whole uh, nature slash food slash okay. all of that. What do you think, I guess, what do you think are the concrete steps in an ideal world that people can take? And then also there's the reality that will kick in of people who tell you, that's great about gardening. I live in a shitty apartment okay. with concrete walls all around me there's no soil anywhere for like the next five miles mm -hmm. i'm stuck in an urban jungle mm -hmm. what the fuck do i do with this okay for we'll start there since that's a great place because okay. a lot of people are stuck in in city centers and industrial centers the technology is so cheap now for indoor gardening that you can start an indoor garden for 20 bucks 20 bucks and you'll have decent grow lights you'll have, pots. Decent, you'll have decent hydroponics set up on your kitchen counter yep you can grow all your cooking herbs you can now do microgreens very simple five to seven days you can have microgreens growing right inside your house right on your kitchen counter that's just like a basic i would say a panacea like mm -hmm. passover fix what the main disconnect is is realizing that you fully don't know yourself. Mm -hmm. It comes all the way back to you. And you have to know yourself enough to be like, okay, I am leaning on this phone to hide from this other part of myself. I am leaning on this technology so that I don't have to interact with people and feel the pain of that interaction if it doesn't go the way I want. And you have to grow a little bit of a thicker skin in regards to the technology. Now, plant-wise, it's so cheap, 
you don't know what to do, there's YouTube tutorials, thousands of them. You can grow whatever you want. It's not that hard. Now you're like, Lauren, oh, growing a few plants on my kitchen counter, that's not going to change the world. But what it does is it changes your perspective and your understanding of nature. When you go through the process of producing that food on your counter and then you eat that food and you harvest that food and you regrow that food, it gives you an understanding of the life cycle. It gives you a respect for it, too, because trust me, you're going to kill some stuff because you're not going to be good at it. Right of course. Away. And going through that process of oh, wow, I just killed a whole thing of plants and you're going to feel bad about it. You're going to go back out. You're going to do it again because you want to be successful at it. And once you get that rhythm and you start producing food that's now feeding you, Mm -hmm. feeding your family, and you're like, wow, I actually feel even better than I felt when I ate that store-bought stuff that's been sprayed with chemicals from the the demon chemical company that shall remain nameless. You know what I'm saying? So, and I don't even have to say their name anymore. Everybody knows who they are. Of course. You know what I'm saying? So we won't give them any more publicity. But the main thing is baby steps. We can't just jump in and fix everything right away. Mm -hmm. But what are the baby steps I can do? Baby steps. Turn your phone off for an hour every day. Just turn your phone off. I found leave it in the living room. So you don't have an insane notion of checking it at 317 in the morning. Right, when you're sleeping. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. Oh, yeah. Do not sleep by no, they even no, say it's sleep. dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Like there there was a couple kids that got burned up. Like their phones literally exploded on their pillows next to them and burned them up. So I don't sleep with my phone anywhere near my bed. Um but yeah, I turn my phone completely off. I put on that privacy feature. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I go dead from like what about eight at night to like Ooh. maybe eight the next day. Yeah, like yeah. I'm you can't get a hold of me. Right. Unless you're on a certain list, but whatever. I don't want phone calls and all these stuff coming in. And the blue light damages your eyes. Uh And uh, it keeps you from getting full REM sleep. Yep. So now you're messing with your life cycle altogether just because the device is in your bed. So the cutting down, you know, keeping technology to certain hours. Great. And the nature parts you're saying, I like what you're saying in terms of, okay, yeah, you're not going to feed your family off with the three mm-hmm. plants you put in your house, mm-hmm. but at least to give you an appreciation for the, it heal you, paradoxically, it heals you philosophically in a way more than it heals you in the terms of, oh, suddenly now your grocery bill right. is paid for. Let's but, say but it gets you going in that right direction right. because and five years from then, there's nothing I dread more to when, when the zucchinis are dead and I got to pay for that shit again. Mm-hmm. That is so frustrating. Right. And then here's another kick too. Let's say you have stress. Let's say you, you do have anxiety. There's things that you can grow. There's plant like mint. You know what I'm saying? And mint will grow. Rosemary. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that will grow too. D- different little things you can grow in your house that you can make tea with or you can make a, a tincture with mm-hmm. that'll relax you and bring you down. A lot of the anxiety that these people are having is because of their disconnect with nature. Mm-hmm. I myself had to catch myself because I didn't realize how much gardening I was doing and why I was so relaxed all the time. Like people were like, Lauren, you are the most relaxed person. And I'm like, wow, I never really was ever caught that before until I gardened. And it chills you out. I I know a lot of these people out here taking all this Xanax and this Percocet and all this other stuff. 
you wouldn't probably have to take half that stuff if you gardened an hour a day. And probably locked in some sort of terrible cubicle for a good part of that day, too. That's the other thing. Speaking of disconnect, right? That's it's like disconnect. you are, you get into this car, you're stuck in your own little metal box on the freeway, disconnected by from everyone else. You get to an office, you get into the cubicle. I mean, everything in mm-hmm. so many ways is weird because there are obviously so many awesome things that have come from modernity. You know, not having an infant mortality off the charts is always nice. Not having your kids die of some preventable diseases is nice. Not, you know, there's clearly the fact that I can put these magic glasses on my eyes and suddenly I can see, whereas if I take them off, I don't see shit. I like all those things. Mm -hmm. So again, nobody's saying modernity is evil, but it has come at a price. And so the goal here is not to say this model was good and this model is bad. It's about how can we get the best of both worlds? How can mm. we get the best that modern technology provide without all the shit that goes with it and instead have the other side that's without the limitation? It's like anything, right? It's like take the best tools without the limitations. It's almost like doing mixed martial art, right? You take the best techniques, the best training methods from different styles. Does not mean that you are married to that style, including its limitation mm-hmm. A to Z. Mm-hmm. You're using, it's for you. It's to enrich your life. Exactly. Same thing with this stuff. And so it's like figuring out, again, nobody is telling you, you know, abandon, it's like 1960s utopia, abandon the cities, go back to the country, start a ranch, uh, forget everybody. Sounds pretty good, actually. Except <laughs> that there's a reason why 95% of those cases never work, yeah. right? I had a very interesting, it's funny you say that, I had a very interesting conversation with my mother about that very topic. Do tell. And she said, we tried to tune in and drop out and, and, mm-hmm. and do all of that, and it didn't work. And I said, Mom, the technology wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Now I can go to the store, and I can buy me a $20 solar panel, and I can run a, a laptop in the middle of the woods right. with, with nothing. Yeah. I can get a water desalinization system that will fit in the back of my truck. Right. Like, there's, there's different technologies there's there. Can, yeah. I think where the shift is going to come is, is incrementally. Mm-hmm. where okay I'm going to take my washing machine and I'm going to run it on solar and then I'm going to do this next thing you know you're going to realize well I might as well run the whole house on solar water water trapping they're trapping water from the water uh, vapor in the air yeah so we were uh, just talking about cisterns water like evaporators the Star Wars is now real yeah where, where are you going Uncle Owen I'm going out to check the water evaporators that's real right we can now do that. Yeah. So I think that the technology that we have is now going to outweigh the cost and the what I would say is the uh, the stress or the the angst of trying to get all this stuff together and live comfortably and still survive this crazy society we live in. It's going to be convenient to be socially and uh, environmentally responsible. It's going to actually be economically beneficial for you to be environmentally responsible. Especially if we were to lean on these evil corporations that... We don't have to, have to lean on them. We're going to strangle them to death. And the reason that they're going to get strangled to death is because we're all going to switch. Why am I going to pay money for a car I can just plug into my solar panel? Why am I going to Why am I gonna go buy food from a supermarket when I'm growing food right here in my yard? Yeah. We did a mathematical equation when I ran the garden project at Crenshaw High School. And basically what it was is that if every Californian took out half of their front yard, not one single Californian in the whole state would go hungry. That's just half your yard, man. That's not a lot of growing. 
It's not a lot of space. Very simple to do. Will you stretch that out for me? Because I've heard that before. What would be the best way to, would, would, okay, you're in charge of carrots. I'm going to do tomatoes. How would you actually, like, if you could get people to actually agree and execute it? Okay. I'll, I'll answer that question with a short story. Ooh. And so the short story is this. When we started the garden project at Crenshaw High School, we had no budget. Do you want to tell just a tiny bit of background on that? Okay. Because that was going to be my next question. Right, right. Tiny bit of background. I was the uh, mm-hmm. gardening, uh, I just say, let's just say the point man mm-hmm. for the Crenshaw High School. Crenshaw High School Garden Project from 2000 to about 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, Food from the Hood was a program that used to be back there. And we found out that the funds from Food from the Hood were being fraudulently spent and not used on the kids. And it was all kind of a sham. What? So we went in and we took over the one acre ag facility at the back of Crenshaw High School. And we started growing four acres worth of food with one acre by creating a basically a rain forest of food. We had 117 chickens. We had a goat. We had a pig. We had a goose. And we were providing crates of food to all the senior citizens within a five block radius of Crenshaw High School. How we got to that point was through plant exchange. So when people say, well, how am I going to get into gardening? How am I going to get these plants? How am I going to do this stuff? Plant exchange. You have so many neighbors from different countries who have brought their indigenous foods with them. You can get any plant you want. We would get, I'd say, 85 to 90 percent of our plants by trading with old ladies that lived on the block. Old ladies and gardening are your best friend because they have tricks they have tips and they love to trade plants and they got those heirloom plants from way back there was a there was an heirloom festival in ojai's on sunday oh i missed it 200 different species see that's heaven to me because i didn't know that there was over three four hundred types of different apple i had no clue yeah and so when i grew a black arkansas sugar apple and this apple is black and it's very small, but it tastes the sweetest, sugariest apple you've ever eaten in your life. But the only reason they don't put them in the stores is because they're little and they look weird. See, isn't that crazy? Or well, the food waste they do because that's not a perfect strawberry? Yeah, well... But people go hungry? I worked for, let's say, I worked for a company that is closed on Sundays and they make good chicken sandwiches. Let's oh, those bastards. Let's say, let's say that. Let's say that. They don't ever and make a peach shake. What though. made me sick was when you had to fillet the chicken breast for that sandwich. You would open it up and it had to make a perfect heart. If it didn't make a perfect heart, you couldn't put it in the sandwich and you had to throw it away. Wow. So when I say literally that there are two of the big trash dumpsters behind that particular restaurant that are full of fresh, untainted food every day. How's that legal? It cannot be legal. That should be against the law. Every single one of those chicken breasts should have been cooked and given to somebody who doesn't have because that amount of food had to have been, they're throwing at least $20,000 worth of food away every day. Just because it does not make a perfect heart for their sandwich. Jesus. And I was the cook. I cooked all their food. I I, I worked at the particular one that happened to be down Gardena Way. And everybody knows that chick. 
yeah. chicken store. Right. <laughs> There's a line of cars that goes down the block all day long, all day. So that kind of volume is going all day and they're throwing away that kind of food. Yeah. It's obscene. It is amazing how those hateful Southern people can make great chicken. <laughs> I think, I think what the funny thing about it is, is that because of the disconnect with nature, stuff like that can happen. If, if I guarantee you this, if anybody that worked for that particular company was a chicken farmer, they'd lose their mind. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So or they would figure what out it how it went to, through to get that chicken onto that grill. Mm-hmm. Or they would figure out a way to process the ones that are bad in the nuggets. Of so, course. Okay, that so seems I can't, easy. So I can't, I can't make a sandwich out of it. So let's chop, chop it up and make, and make nuggets or yeah, chop yeah. it up and put it right. aside. But what do they do? They throw it into a bag, a red bag, and they tie it off and then they put it in a dumpster that's locked. That won't let anybody get the food. Right? Madness. It's madness. It's madness. Yeah. That stuff, when you look at that level of the game, speaking of disconnect, when you look at the big corporate level, it's beyond obscene. And that's why, in fact, it's important to kind of bring it back. And I think, you know, you make a good point about it. It's important on multiple levels. It's important because go back to the economic part of being mm-hmm. stuck in a shitty car, going to a shitty job. How many hours of your life do you dedicate to stuff you don't like so that you can afford your groceries? Mm-hmm. What if instead you could cut down on some of those hours in order to do something that's actually helpful to your mind, helpful to your health, helpful on many other levels, and get you the groceries? Exactly. It's like, wait, time out. So I can do something that benefits me on a mental health level yes. and at the same time I'm getting this stuff whereas the alternative is to do something that's detrimental to, the, to my mental health to get my groceries. It seems like a no-brainer, you know? Well, I think a co-op, see, for me personally, I think large, because you have all these abandoned properties. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had a non-profit, you know, they'll give you property for a dollar if you have a non-profit. Like, you just have to have the connections with yeah. the city. And deal with the politics, but that's a whole another conversation for a whole another right. broadcast. Yeah, that's where it gets sticky. Um, but what, what I will say is co-ops, and in the sense of co-op, I would even say because everybody isn't gardening inclined, it could be something where like, okay, I'm paying twenty five bucks a week to be a part of this co-op that that I have a responsibility maybe to go in and garden for an hour once a week. Then the regular co-op gardeners, the guys that are really yeah. into it, they'll take care of the rest for me sure. for my little fee. And then I get fresh vegetables. Oh, yeah. Just the fact of them taking that dirt and maybe planting that seed and planting that seedling is going to change their perspective of where their food comes from. Right. Yeah. It's also going to make them put their phone down because guess what? They don't want to get all that dirt on their phone. So it's going to be a, there's going to be some benefits to this that they're not even going to see until they're like two weeks in. And they're going to like, wait a minute. I lost 10 pounds. I'm not as stressed. I'm eating good food and I'm happier just spending this one little hour, two little hours a week in the garden. It's a it's a drastic, drastic change. So like at Crenshaw, for instance, we realized that we could get the kids to throw away all of their junk food hands down if we cooked. And what we cooked for them was fresh chicken, zucchini chips, oh my God. and kale salad. And we'd make the we we probably had the best amazing uh mint sun tea in the world. 
because we would just get all the stevia, the sugar leaf mm-hmm. plant. We'd get a bunch of stevia, get a bunch of mint, get a bunch of lemons, throw it all into a big five gallon jug of water and set it up on the roof of the shed and leave it there till after like lunchtime. By lunchtime, it was the nectar of the gods. We and the, and the kids, the, the requirement for them to eat lunch with us is they had to throw all their junk food away in the trash can as they came into the garden. So there would be these trash cans packed to the, I mean, overflowing, dumping down the side of the can from where these kids have thrown away their hot Cheetos. They threw away their sodas. They threw away all that stuff so they could come out and eat our fresh food because they the number one thing. Mr. Atkins, I feel better when I eat this food. I feel good when I eat this food. I feel relaxed when I eat this food. Hmm. Because you're eating mint. Aromatherapy. Go, you, we, we pay for this stuff. We go to these stores and pay $10 for a bundle of sage that we could grow in our yard. I have what? How many bundles of sage do right. I have out here? I have $1,000 worth of sage growing out in this man's yard right now. Easy. Have you had to go do anything to maintain oh, it or anything? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it just grows, it doesn't it? Yes. Like like nature yes. pretty much takes right. care of that, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just checking. Those fire sticks are happy out there too. Look at the those fire guys. sticks are on fire, literally. Yeah. They look gorgeous. And I think what's exciting to me is once you put in a food forest system, I think this is the thing that changed for me. And this is where I think the connection for other people will happen is once you start growing something on a small scale, and then you see it start to grow past what you first intended, mm-hmm. that's when you get bit with what I call as the bug. Oh, yeah. The bug bites you, and then you realize you're like, oh, wait a minute. My whole yard is landscaped and stuff that I can't grow. I'm paying $300 a month to water all this stuff, and I can't eat near one stitch of it. What are you really doing? Well, our entire outlay for what we put together, which will feed us deep into December. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally pulled the last tomatoes off as I was pulling them out. Mm-hmm. So they grew all the way till March. Mm-hmm. Now, most people don't have that climate, but less than $300. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it'll grow like crazy. I think what's really funny is I have a client right now that we have not. I planted his tomatoes a year and a half ago. Same plant. Oh, yeah. And they're, he's like, how did you do that? And I said, we gave it the right soil. We gave it, we gave it a perfect environment. Yep. It's happy. It's a plant. It's I an, always in an endless people, growing season, it's kind of nice. I always tell people, where do you think we were getting food before there was a supermarket? We were walking out into these woods, and we were picking food. All these hills around here were full of food. The reason they're not now is because of bad farm and land management oh well the farmers are here so we can't have any indigenous animals we need to get rid of all this you just broke the natural cycle again yep it's funny you mentioned that I was talk- we were talking about the, the soil film that I'm working on right now and you know what happens about year three once you get the top soil back in order the quail starts showing up again mm-hmm. all these little critters the deer show up again food sources yeah and then, and then and then it pyramids up like I've been warning people because everybody's like getting, oh, we're out of the drought. We're out of the drought. OK, so now let's prepare, folks. We have 10 feet of snow sitting in Big Bear right now. It's going to melt and it's going to go somewhere. Be prepared for that flood, please. Two, with all this increased water and all this super bloom that's going on, everybody's loving. 
There's going to be an increase in insects. Please do not start spraying chemicals all over the place to kill all these bugs. Oh, my God. Number three. After all these bugs come, the birds are going to eat. So there's going to be an uptick in bugs. I mean, in birds, mice, small rodents, small animals. Please don't start killing them all because you think you're having an infestation. Nature is now going to revitalize itself. It's going to start to come back and then get ready for all these trees that have just been laying dormant under this ground waiting for this rain. There's going to be new trees. Please don't go in and start cutting them all down. It's like nature is constantly trying to heal itself. And then we're sitting here going, nope, stop. That's not clean. That's not as sanitized enough as for me for to deal with. It doesn't fit into my English garden. Right. I see a leaf there on the green grass. I call them obsessive compulsive gardens. It is. Because that's what it is. English gardening system is obsessive compulsive. Yeah, on a philosophical level, it tells you something really odd about the psychological profile of control it is it's about control (laughs) conquest of nature empire it's all of those things supremacy yep (laughs) the evil empire actually let's jump into that i like that line they do love dividing us though because i was thinking uh, have you read trevor noah's book i i want him i like him a lot He's going to be on Luminary, the company where uh, the History on Fire goes. Mm. He's, he's going to have a podcast on that one. I like him. He but. just talked about growing up because he was mixed. And there isn't anything worse you could be in South Africa mm, than mixed. They kill him. Right, right. That his father, who was Austrian, I guess, for him and his mother to be out in public together, the mother had to act like the nanny and they could right. be within 12 feet of each other. Right. Oh, Jesus. And he was unaccepted by anybody. Right. But the genius of the apartheid group was to take the four main tribal African groups and make sure they always fought. Oh, yeah, of course. That's all then you got divide and conquer. Divide has always it. been the yep. MO. Religion, like we were just talking about religion and all of that, that is designed to divide us to the point that yep. we can't see the thievery that's going on because we're yep. too busy fighting. We're too busy arguing points that actually have no relevance in what we're talking about. I love to mention that Martin Luther King didn't get shot until he started to support all the garbage men in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And what? You're getting all the poor people together? Can't well, have that. Once you see past the decisiveness and you get into something to where it's like, okay, well, this is the common sense of the thing. And this is where they're uh, propagandizing so that they can make us fight. Yep. And you see that what they're propagandizing doesn't have anything to do really with what's going on with you. It has more to do with this rich dude over here who's trying to pimp and squeeze all the money out of a thing. Mm-hmm. But if you guys are too awake, you'll notice no, totally. And I think that's one of the things that interests me about this whole discussion is that in some way, to, a, to bring it to a simple level, mm. you have uh, actions that you can take that are good for you on a philosophical level, mm. good for you on a physical level, something like, you know, start building a relationship with food and maybe guess throw a crazy element in it, building a relationship with food with other people. So mm-hmm. the radar, because, you know, sometimes you have your garden, but you want to go on vacation and, oh, shit, all my garden will die out. But you have your friend who live uh, so many blocks away who's going to come watch it. for. So suddenly it's not just a one-man operation necessarily. Right. It can be a tiny, it can be even 
tiny two, three, four people involved, where is a micro community involved into this. Mm -hmm. So you are doing something that's good for your grocery bill, is good economically, is good for your mental health, mm. is good in terms of your philosophical approach to nature, interconnectedness, get it. And again, not mm. just philosophically, but hands in the dirt kind of thing. It's good politically in a way, because it starts, again, the big uh, political stuff, 99% of the time you have no power on. But what do you have power on? On the rooms inside your house, on your garden just outside, on that three pots that maybe that's all you have room for. In you know, So to me, it interests me because this is not about, uh, you know, if you told... Um, if you told me as a kid, you know, we're going to chat about gardening, I'm picturing, you know, old ladies talking over uh, lunch that they just, and I mean, it's like, they're sweet, but I'm like, come on, let's talk about the real stuff. It's like, no, that is the real stuff. It is the real that stuff. That is the real stuff because it's like, it, it strikes at something. It's a very concrete step that you can do that begin to touch on every level. I mean, it's like that to me is more political than signing six petitions. And it's not that it's an alternative, you know, you can do that too. But it's like that's something that has an immediate effect. Exactly. Whereas so much of the stuff that we talk about when we talk about politics or things like that have no effect whatsoever in the, in the short run. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't even have effect in the long run. It's just a lot of therapy session of whining and bitching because we have no power over it. But can you imagine if like 15% of the people got into this what would it be like five years from now when people have, you know, tonight, come over to my house, 85% of everything we're going to have tonight, except maybe the protein we grew right here. And well, I'm going to show you up and just this, the, the, what it would generate, what it would create would be incredible. Because I always tell folks, the electricity is going to go out one day and you better have a skill. Let's 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 give them a solution. We're gonna give them a small solution. Let, let's call it Team Salad. We're gonna make it real simple and easy. We're gonna call it Team Salad. You get four friends. Each one of your friend grows one salad component. One person grows lettuce. One grows maybe grow onions. Gotta have some cucumbers. Somebody grows some cucumbers. They love maybe to grow. somebody grows some tomatoes. Let's keep it real basic salad. Yep. Each one of you grow a component of salad. Every time when you guys harvest, get together. Everybody get together and eat some salad together. Beautiful. That in itself gives you three things. It gives you the gardening aspect where you're actually gardening and spending some time in the dirt, be it on your kitchen counter or in the soil. By the way, I'm a landscaper. I also will come do container gardens in your house. So don't you have no excuses Two. Have your friends getting together. You're communicating with your friends now. Okay, so yeah, you have social media. Now you can take selfies of your plants and, and show off who's growing the best cucumbers or tomatoes or whatever. Giving you a connection. Friends, a community. You now have to physically come together and have dinner. Social. And then the, the number one rule of the dinner, all phones must be off. Disconnect. Disconnect completely. Turn the TV off. Turn off everything electrical in the house, other than maybe except the radio. <laughs> except for the music. That's what I was about to say. Music is a vital component. Unless you got somebody that can sing and wants to play instruments there, you never know when that's going to happen. You never know when that right. happens. That used to pop up in my house all the time because yeah. we used to keep a full set of instruments just because. Yep. You know. So you know, <laughs> You've we been have in my to, house, <laughs> man. That's what I'm telling you. It's like people have forgotten the things that got us through. When you started talking about like the, the social unrest and all these things that are going to happen, the, the lights going out, guess who got us through all the world wars? Who was it? 
the little old ladies that had the gardens. Remember Victory Gardens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Remember Survival Gardens? You hear about the all these uh, different races and cultures surviving famines and all these things. How did how do you survive a famine if there's nobody growing anything? Because the food's not coming from the supermarket. It's that little old lady that you used to ignore. Yep. That little old lady that sits up the street that me personally, I enjoy waving to and stopping and talking to every mm-hmm. now and then. Guess who guess who gets all the free seeds and free plants? Oh, Mr. Atkins, Mr. Atkins, I grew you something. And, and what, then I get, I and get what did little, that cost you? Being, ple- being pleasant for five minutes? Not just being pleasant. You got to remember the old people have all the stories, folks. The yeah. old people have all the stories, all the history. And guess what? Half of this stuff they're doing right now has been done before. And if you'd been talking to your old people, you'd know. And you wouldn't have to worry about this madness. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't be repeating the same mistake because this is a mistake that we've we've done this before. America has done this before. We're just doing it on a bigger scale and videotaping it and sending it to everybody now. That's the only difference. So. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please. By no, no, no. Because I was. I just think that I just think that people are uh, people are at a point where we're sick and tired, but we're so stressed out we don't know how to approach it. So what I'm going to tell you is baby steps, folks. To try this team salad thing. Try it. Get three, four of your friends together. Each one of you grow a component of the salad. Get together and eat salad together. It's that simple. I dig it. I totally dig it. And I think that's what you just did is like lay out little baby steps. Mm -hmm. I think is, I don't know if it is uh, you writing a book, you having a YouTube channel, you having, but I think this team is one that I think most people were going to get something out of what we just talked about for the past hour, some today are people who are going to get it philosophically. We're like, yes, it makes perfect sense. And then they are kind of gonna get it practically like okay that team salad stuff i get it or having a pot in my house i get it where i can but you know it's like okay what about all the other possible step what and of course that's a whole lifetime of learning right there are so many directions you can go and take it in and i think having resources where because i'm sure there will be people like i'm down make perfect sense on every level how do I go about it? And again, how do I go about it is not, of course, a simple answer that you give in 30 seconds. I mean, I love Team Salad. That's there is a simple answer that you give in 30 seconds. It is a beautiful one. It is like start somewhere, right? Start there. But then, of course, past that point, let's keep going with expand that circle. And I think that would be interesting. Like I would be intrigued if whatever you think would be the way for you to have... Uh, um, the biggest impact possible in this direction you know how do we go from having team salad where once every so often you have your three friends over for dinner and you eat something you made together which is awesome to literally changing things on a progressively bigger and bigger scale to the place where 60 percent of your groceries don't come from the grocery store no more to the place where suddenly you know the relation and you know you can go as big as you want and like create your utopia on this but it's like that i think is something that if you're looking for a creative project that would be an interesting one to tackle i i am very interested in something like that just because i know it can be done right 
what we were doing at Crunchyroll High School has not been done since, and it was See, never, and it's that should never be been in every high school. Well, they well, what it is is they didn't know how to take care of it because it was what, too aggy, or it was too. They couldn't leave it alone. They're so used to that English system of I have to, I have to dig, I have to poison, I have to kill, I have to do this. That's not how we operate. In a food forest, you have literally created a natural life cycle that'll take care of itself. We didn't have to replant the corn. We would harvest the corn, lay the corn down, throw some throw some uh, compost on top of it, and forget it. The next season, the corn had come back. Yeah, it's grass. Plants were here before us. They're going to be here after us. They don't need our help. So once you put in my type of biotic system, which is what I call a food forest system or a natural plant system, it takes care of itself. It comes back every year. Do you honestly think I'm ever going to have to plant poppies in Daniel's yard ever again? No, they're set. Never. There's over a billion plants out there. All he does is cut down the green that's on their compost to put some dirt down. Next year, poppies are going to come back. Well, can you imagine if the high school's competed with each other for the garden of the year. This is my point. That would be outstanding. California high schools all have an ag ag area and they have a trade area where they used to teach you how to do automotive, metal shop, wood shop, and ag. So there's an acre facility on most of the local high schools here in, in Los Angeles. There's an acre garden facility. Half of them are empty. When in 2000, none of them were being used. When we walked into food from the hood down here that used to be empty, there was nothing there. We brought in 110 trees from 62 countries and raised the soil level by 72 inches. We had 110 chickens doing all of our pest control. What did you do with the eggs? Were you able to? Um, mostly, were you able mostly to serve we, them, or were too many rules that would? No, mostly we let them become chickens. To be honest, we let them go full term because most of us were eating vegetables. And how Danielle was saying about eating out of the yard, the kids actually challenged me and said, "You can't eat out of your yard, Mister Atkins." And for two months straight, I ate nothing but what came out of my yard, what I grew myself. And I trust me when I say I was eating three squares plus snacks. I was good. I was good. So the thing is, it's about baby steps. And it, and and how do we make it bigger? How we make it bigger is we take team salad and then we take it to team high school. So now the high schools are growing and throwing potluck dinners with all the food that they grow. Yep. That's going to bring all the parents and all the people to the campus. You now have a community base of where it's centered around healthy living, natural food, and people. And then you take that group of people and address hunger. Because well, the fact that one person in America is hungry is an embarrassment beyond all capacities. Well, I think we need to follow France and make it illegal to throw away all food. That's oh, going to yeah. Waste. I like, do you like the refrigerators they put now. Isn't that a great idea? I love it. And then also all the food that's about to go bad, they have to give to homeless people. Just give it away. Why would you not? Why, why would you yeah. possibly? 40% they, of because our because produce gets thrown think, away. Because of my interaction with the supermarket and the retail sector and construction and stuff like that, I've learned it's twofold thing. One of it's liability because they're afraid because somebody did sue and it happened and they got caught up because they got sick from eating something that was given to them. The The flip side of that is, is that they think that by throwing it away, it's going to force you to buy it. And that 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 mentality needs to stop because guess what? We're not buying it. 
anyway. It's all just going in the trash. So you're throwing away forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of food every day yeah. for no reason. And the people you would be feeding aren't coming to your store anyway because they don't have any money. Thank so you. it doesn't affect your bottom line. Thank you. Maybe three yeah. percent in a crazy world. But yeah. Thank you. Like the chili pepper said, give it away, give it away, give it away now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not and, that and, and then and then some. And then some. Because if we can throw away that much food and it's not denting your bottom line, you're having the best financial years of in, in decades. Yep. These corporations are killing right now because of all the tax breaks and tax cuts. Take care of the people. See, the problem with these tax cuts and these tax breaks is that they're not following the old school rules of the tax breaks and tax work. The reason you got they were giving these rich guys tax breaks and tax cuts back in the day was because then they would come and they'd build bridges and they'd come and they'd build a road. That's why do you think these roads are named after all these people? It's because their family came and said, okay, well, I've made so much money in society. I'm going to come and take care of society. What has happened is these billionaires have forgotten that they have that component to taking care of the people. hoarded all the money and now they've squeezed the system to the point to where it's almost about to break and they want to squeeze it more thinking that it's going to keep on growing and it's not well and kind of the bring it full circle it goes back to that interconnectedness idea that is like is that illusion that you can keep growing 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 while everything around you is dying and that you will be okay somehow anyway and it's it's like yeah there are mentality you cannot get enough guns on your property to make sure that it's gonna it's not gonna work it's not gonna and the majority of the guns are killing the people that are killing themselves now that's why the suicide rates are up so high because if you have like success rate for somebody who tries to overdose is like eight percent success rate for somebody who comes home drunk because his girlfriend broke up and i lost my job and fuck this with a gun 97 percent. right right oh i know Oh, trust me. Yeah, I know. So, guys, Team Salad it is. Team I like salad. it. That's with step that. one. Beautiful. That's the baby step. Well, Lauren, my man, thank you so very much for being I here. I am honored and humbled to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Here. I feel certain it won't be the last visit. I hope not. I enjoyed myself. And... uh Lawrence, one of Lawrence's favorite T-shirt is the Drunken Taoist logo in red, the short design material. That one makes me happy just to look at it. I love that shirt. Yeah, so good stuff. Here is your shirt. And Azog the Defiler has been clearly entertained by our conversation. Is your napping, switching from who's going to get cuddled by, jumping from one to the other. That's always good. Cool, man. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you so much. That's a wrap for another Drunken Taoist episodes. Before you guys go, let me say a couple of quick things. One is a big thank you to the sweet folks who have been donating this past month. So let me screw up their names horrendously with my Italian pronunciation, which is my way of saying thank you. Let the pottering begin. The folks are Sanjin Varga, Lisa Robles, Andre Garapetian, Edson Teixeira, Teresa Matter Fantasy Art, Jim D'Amico, Andan Eddy, 
Matt Chebre, Nadine Mahibahi, Philip Surkov, Michael Lupsha, and Yanni Linima. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we don't do Drunken Taoist for money, that's the reality of it, but it always helps to have uh, some sign that you guys care, something that helps keep the cost down. You know, it's one of the things about the free podcasting model that it really free only works if at least some people donate and keep sending some green energy to the way they of the podcasters they enjoy. So you guys who have done so this past month, you are superstars. We love you. Uh, also, thank you to Daisy House for letting us use their music. Um, shout out to Curacao Chocolate. They have, there's a link in the episode notes. If you guys are in the market for high quality chocolate, check the guys at Curacao. They are quite awesome. Um, since I'm in the mood for shout outs and Again, these are not really sponsors per se, but these are people who have either donated stuff to us in the past or have been cool to us in one way or another. Dynasty Forge. These guys make blades. And as you guys all well know, I'm a bit of a fanatic when it comes to blades. Dynastyforge.com. They have some really good ones. Of course, all the sponsors we mentioned at the top of the episode... And a quick reminder, if you use Amazon, please use our Amazon link. It helps us a whole bunch and it doesn't cost you any extra. So having said that, I get the feeling that I'm forgetting something, but I don't want to keep you here forever. And so I will wrap things right now. Hope you guys have an amazing day. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Daniele at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, eh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're right? outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's... <laughs> So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh, uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about... Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought... <clears throat> Sorry.
We'll, <coughs> we'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's a bit too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss.